Welcome to The Wrong Side of the Maelstrom, a Warhammer 40,000 podcast based in Southern Ontario. My name's Ian, and my co-host Jason will be joining me shortly, just as soon as he's finished running the Notchman Gauntlet into the Imperium Nihilus. Tonight is episode 23, and we will be focusing on saying goodbye to 7th and saying hello to 8th edition. Start off with some hobby progress and games played, then we do a farewell to 7th, and uh, come back for uh, uh, thoughts and impressions of 8th edition. We also have some interviews from launch day, an interview with uh, Nick, who was the Inner Circle winner for Canada. As usual, we close out the show with some Beyond the Rim and a quick closing. This episode's a little different because I got sick in the middle of recording, so we've kind of had to change things up midway through recording. So uh, I hope that's okay, but it's going to be great. Be sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash wrongsideofthemaelstrom. If you wish to contact us via email, we can be reached at wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com. And uh, finally, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, Both Jay and I are local to Toronto, and we uh, hang out at the Games Workshop at Young & Lawrence. So swing by there and support the store, and if you'd like, contact us for a game. Please enjoy tonight's episode, and we'll see you on the wrong side of the mainstream. We're back, baby. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's been a while. It's been yeah. a while since you and me have recorded 40K stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, it would be about three months because it's been two months since we had a 40K episode. Yeah, and man. You weren't on that one. Nope. That one, you got a lot done since then? Uh. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, not really. I guess we can jump right into hobby progress. I will. Yeah. I'll start off because, uh, obviously, you're going to take the reins on this one. I hope so. <laughs> I've uh, I've kind of been in family mode. Mm-hmm. The last two months, yeah, um, took a trip out to Calgary mm. with the family. That's with the, right, with the little hormigant. <laughs> Is it a hormigant or a ripper? No, nah, man. Once he gets a uh, ripper, maybe once he gets those hands on you, uh, he eats anything, man. Yeah. Uh, been going from diapers to dice bags, you know. <laughs> uh, so I haven't had a whole lot of time to hobby. But, you, haven't, uh, you haven't got him clipping sprue for you yet? Yeah, and I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> can't wait till I got the, the whole crew going. Yeah, there you go. Um, been doing a little bit. You know what? With uh, with 8th Ed, like the last time we recorded, uh, we knew 8th Ed was, was on the horizon. Yeah. It was coming out. Um, and I kind of told myself, like, I'm going to stop buying. I don't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. I want to just like feel this out. Right. And I think it was a good thing. It was a nice little like break from hobbying. Mm-hmm. And like, especially recently, I've just been like, yeah, I want to get back into it. I want to get back into this yeah. hard, right? And not like I, like I wasn't like, oh, I'm done with gaming or anything like yeah. that. Not by a long shot. I was just like, I needed that little break, I think. Yeah, yeah. And that was perfect. And I'm so ready to just like die. I just keep telling you. I think every day I text you, I'm like, I'm so excited for 8th Ed. Yeah. I just can't wait to get some games in. I haven't played a game 8th Ed yet. It's, soon, hopefully. But Yeah, and me neither. But it's been, uh, it's been interesting because it kind of... St- for me, it started out like, oh, my God, they're just going to Sigmar it. This is going to be terrible. But it's as, like, the dribs and drabs of information come out and then, like, pretty much all the rule books leaked at once. Yeah. 
it's it's looking really exciting mm-hmm. and just the They've changed a lot, but the core of the game, I don't feel, has been changed. No, I think it still feels and, like 40K. Yeah, and I think things that have they've taken from Sigmar have been the good things and like left the crappy things at home, like yeah. stealing initiative every turn. Mm-hmm. Rolling yeah, honestly, that. if that was in 40K, I don't know if I'd be playing anymore. Yeah, I feel the same way. But it, it looks good. I'm excited to like update the character creation rules for example mm-hmm. i mean like especially now that every weapon has its own points value mm-hmm. like that's really cool because you can just oh just pay the points you have you shared weapon. the character creation stuff on the facebook page um i'm sure i have but uh well there's no point in putting it up until it's updated but once it's yeah shared, that's true yeah 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 i'll be updating that soon mm-hmm. but uh hobby progress we're not going to talk too much about eight that i don't think uh just that we're super pumped. That we're super pumped for yeah. it. There's a lot of coverage and, on 8th Ed. I don't want to any Anything people. that we're losing from 8th Ed, I think, is vastly outshined by what we're gaining. Definitely. So. I think so, too. I mean, only time will tell. But Yeah. Yeah, for sure. In conclusion, we're both pumped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but on to hobby progress. So I was working on this, like, Blood Angels drop pod dreadnought army. Yeah. Which now in 8th Ed doesn't seem to be so viable. Seeing mm-hmm. as how you can only have half of your army in reserve, in reserve, yeah. so which is good because I didn't like fully commit to the army. Yeah, like I bought a lot of it, but I hadn't bought like all of the drop pods that I needed to buy. Well, that's good. which is great, right? Yeah, um, but I still got a lot of dreadnoughts, which is awesome because I love dreadnoughts and I think in eighth ed they're gonna be awesome. Uh, but I was going like blood angels because mm-hmm. that worked really well. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, with all this new stuff, like I don't know what I want to play. So, and I also kind of needed a new, like, creative burst yeah. as well, as some inspiration. So, I decided to go with, like, my own color scheme, mm-hmm. my own uh, chapter, and make it, like, a like a successor chapter, but, like, an unnamed successor chapter. So, I can kind of, not unnamed, but, like, not have a, a strict storyline. So, yeah. I can kind of, like, use whatever I want to use whenever mm-hmm. I want to use it. Like, they're still yeah. going to, they're going to be, like, I'm not settled on a name yet. Blood Knights, maybe. I'm yeah, sure yeah. like that's already a chapter somewhere. It's okay. They just stole my chapter symbol for one of the new chapters. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Oh, was, you were telling me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Fulminators. Mm-hmm. It's like a lightning bolt, a winged lightning bolt. And I was going to make that my chapter mm-hmm. icon, and now they took it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can still use it, right? Like, yeah. So I'm going red, like Blood Angels red, with um, the shoulder pads being uh, white with mm-hmm. the gold trim. Right. And I really like it. I haven't, I was looking through like chapters and stuff and I didn't see anything like that. I'm sure mm-hmm. maybe like some HQs have something like that in a, maybe in the Blood Angels or something. But it looks a little different. Sanguinary priests generally have white, mm-hmm. like accents or shoulder pads. But other than that, mm-hmm. I think you've seen a few of the models that I was doing. Yeah. No, they um, look good. I like it. They look pretty good. I'm kind of working on a tax squad right now. Mm-hmm. Um, slowly yeah. but surely. Yeah. We were hopping at your place and you were painting them up. Mm hmm. So, like, that's what I've been working on is that first tax squad, just trying to mm-hmm. almost like a test unit yeah. for that color scheme. And it's coming along well. Uh, we had a hobby night on Monday, which is, like, a huge inspiration. I just told you before that, like, after we did that, like, yeah. the models were already out. Like, Tuesday night, mm-hmm. I was painting a little bit more. Wednesday night, I was painting a little bit not more. Not as much as I was, like, on Monday because we had committed to that night. Yeah. But I do want to start having, like, a committed hobbying night once a week. Yeah. Well, yeah, Mondays is good for me. I think it's it helped me go from that whole like diapers to dice bags <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, we'll we'll talk after and set on a firm date. Yeah, definitely. And but I mean, I also consider like 
purchases hobby progress as well. I think a lot of people do. It, it's one. It's a hotly contested issue within <laughs> the 40k podcast yeah, scene. But I um, I bought the new box set that's coming out. Yeah, which is awesome because those Primaris Marines just look so amazing. Like yeah, oh, GW. The Nurgle stuff is what really gets me. Like the, the, Nur- new, the Nurgle stuff is cool. Like the Lord of the Contagion. I'm not gonna lie. Like axe. Yeah, well, the axe yeah. is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some things about the Nurgle stuff that I'm still not 100% sold on. Okay. Uh, there's that one character who has like this little like Nurgling hanging off of him kind oh, of. Oh, the sorcerer? Yeah, I'm not digging that yeah, little Yeah, I think he it's needs very a head cartoony. Sw- he needs a head swap. Mm. Give him a helmet or something. Yeah. Uh, but still, I still think the mod- all the models look great. Yeah. Um, but also like those Primaris Marines, like I've always thought Space Marines look cool, but these new Primaris Marines, I'm like, yeah, okay, this is, yeah, this is an army that I want to. Yeah, I want to start playing. I want to start fielding. Uh, not that I mean I was playing Space Marines before, anyways. But I'm gonna be adding all those Primaris Marines to the list. Yeah, I'm gonna paint them up as my chapter color, and I'll talk a little bit more about like how I'm advancing the personal story of my chapter. Yeah, oh yeah. And during during games played, but they're, I'm gonna add those in. And uh, I also want to like, I've kind of made a loose list of like what I want to field for my Tau. In okay. Ukraine. Yeah. So I want to start finishing. Now that I have like I have all these towel models, but these are the ones that I want to try and start feeling yeah. first, so I know what I want to work on with that. That's good motivation as well. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of waiting till I get my hands on the index books before I decide what a what charmies I'm gonna build and yeah. stuff. Like I really, uh, like there's the league coming up, and I I'm on the fence about. I'm leaning towards Dark Eldar, but I might do Blood Angels still. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Sweet man. Yeah. Uh, what about you for Hobby Progress? Oh I know you've been doing a lot. Yeah, well, I also bought a shit ton, which is, if anyone follows our Facebook page, you'll know I now am the proud owner of a 30k Space Wolf's army. Six Legion. I feel like that's a long time coming. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not like, I don't know, you keep saying like, oh, Ian, you've always wanted to do Space Wolves, and I, I don't feel like I have been, but maybe I talked about it and just always been on the back burner or something. I feel like you've always liked space wolves they they fit my playstyle really well i really like all the heroes that are involved with them um the aesthetic i'm not huge on like all the wolf pelts and the runes and sort of like the you know yeah we're the wolf pack we're the vikings like that i can kind of take it or leave it but okay because that, that, that's my biggest knock on space wolves that's why i've never had a calling to them is because i felt like they were a little too far-fetched for yeah like this universe where it's like yeah we are Vikings, and that's what we are. We all have fangs. And Re- reading some of the thirty k novels, like I read uh, Prospero Burns, and mm-hmm. that gives a really in depth look at the Space Wolves, and they're these like savage, like violent beings. But they're it's a controlled aggression. Mm-hmm. Like it's specifically loosed at the enemy, and they're like super loyal to the Emperor. Like mm-hmm. they're his. They're his, like, warhounds. Like, yeah. He really unleashes them and stuff. But it's... And even in... Uh, I'm reading... Um, what's it called? The the counterpart to Prospero Burns, A Thousand Sons. And in it, they talk about Russ and how he's like, oh, he's got this savage demeanor. But really, it's a, just a, a guise so that people underestimate him, that he's actually, like, quite intelligent and mm-hmm. quite cunning. And that's... I don't know. I, I just really like that, like, this... This uh, 
veil that they have and well i think that's the key to starting any 30k army is that well almost any army i guess in 40k as well yeah but you need to have that calling to yeah them. but especially for 30k because it is such a financial commitment yeah that you have to really be like oh this is an army that i can really yeah. get behind right i like to make that commitment yeah i like the paint scheme i like the model for russ mm-hmm. uh my f- when are you getting that model uh after i paint what i have or at least like have it all built and on its way to being painted yeah one of the lines, though, from Prospero Burns that I really liked was one of the ca- company captains. And he said, it's very difficult to be this dangerous. Hmm, that's cool. And that yeah. just, like, really spoke to me. Like, oh, why? like, it's such that controlled aggression. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I picked up a, I bought 3,000 points. So, including Forge World. Like, I got a, a Prospero set, a couple of characters i get bashed his pictures online i'm slowly converting up i'm gonna have 40 gray slayers which is like gray hunters for mm-hmm. um 30k but they can like run and charge and they've got every model can get power weapons for five points oh, wow. and they can get a power fist for every five guys so like very assault heavy uh i got like a plasma squad i got a couple dreadnoughts and the sakaran venator tank which is like strength 10 ordinance two and anything it penetrates it gets uh they have to stop shoot even if it's a super heavy so mm-hmm. it's that's like my anti-tank and yeah sweet mm-hmm. i don't know enough about 30k to be like yeah man you're doing it the right way but well i had a couple of games and i guess we can kind of transition to that yeah if you've done your hobby I mean, progress then. Uh, well basically i've built about a third of it i've i made a yeah, you had said you had like a thousand points that you wanted to do right yeah so i made a zone mortalis list i did zone mortalis because i only had one mandatory troop slot so mm-hmm. just to make it a little easier yeah so i built up uh at this point eight of ten gray slayers four of five death sworn so i've got three models left then i got a contemptor a uh which looks i love that contemptor man yeah i copied the forge world alpha legion pose for that contemptor Mm because i just like google image search contemptor dreadnoughts looking for a cool pose and he's really it's kind of like he's advancing hunched over it looks really cool yeah and you magnetize it too man i'm proud of you for doing that oh yeah yeah it was really easy to magnetize picked Mm -hmm. up some magnets not that hard yeah yeah especially with that because just the way the weapons slot in it's super easy i'm gonna magnetize um venator too for the side sponsons mm-hmm. because it's ordinance they have to snap shoot right but yeah eventually horse heresy will probably transition to eighth ed which that's no longer a thing so mm-hmm. i want to have that option yeah. for down the road and same with the other dreadnought the uh, leviathan mm-hmm. which is like the land raider dreadnought uh anyways so plasma squad a room priest a speaker of the dead which is like their wolf priest chaplain dude oh cool uh, I love that name of a character. Yeah. The Speaker of the Dead. Uh, five cata- not Cataphracti, Tartaros Terminators, a Praetor, which is fully built and painted. He was the first guy I did. And then the uh, Gagor of the Fell Hand, who's like the special character who comes in the Prospero box. Oh, cool. So that's like four HQ and then about a thousand po- or 800 points of troops. Mm-hmm. So you've been playing a few games, though. Let's get into games. Yeah, play. so I proxied games. I played. Three games against Zach's, Custodes, Matt's, Alpha Legion, and Eric's Dark Angels. Mm-hmm. I got crushed in all of these games. <laughs> uh, the first one against Zach just kind of threw myself at him. And, you know, Custodes are really good in close combat. Mm-hmm. And this was before I purchased everything, which was good because I changed up how I was doing. Oh, this was like a test game to see, like, is yeah, this a game? Like every single thing I was proxied buy, yeah. except, I think, the Praetor I'd built at that point. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and like I used Breachers, which is the guys with the shields, and they're not very good, so I didn't end up going with those. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, the list was fair, quite similar. Uh, anyways, I got stomped, but like, you know, list could use some optimization. I didn't really play it too well, but it yeah. was fun. Like, mm-hmm. that's when I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm investing. I want to play this game. Yeah. And I played Matt, and this was um, a tournament practice game because he's going to a tournament up at Lords of War in right. Oakville. Is it Oakville? Yeah. Okay. And this is where I met phosphorus weapons. <laughs> Like quad mortar, mortars with phosphex canisters, mm-hmm. which are deadly. Super, super, super deadly. <laughs> so, like, and you explained it to me before anyone that doesn't play 30K. Yeah, so it's these templates they put out. A unit of them puts out, like, 12 small blast templates that are more accurate because you kind of move them after they scatter so they can cover more guys. Okay. Three up poison, AP3. Uh, Three up poison. Yeah. And AP3 and uh, makes the ground dangerous after it lands. Yeah. So these, ju- I had 20 man Gray Slayer squads. These just got torn apart by it. Yeah. Although the sergeant had artificer armor. So every time he it would get to him, he would just start making like eight or nine two plus saves yeah, and yeah. save, you know, half the unit. Yeah. But yeah, it didn't end well. Everyone's saying, like, oh, you need some transports, get some land raiders. I'm like, oh, I just need to you know not spend money right now on more warhammer yeah so i mean 30k's an investment bro yeah but, but i think i think that in the end you're gonna end up getting that stuff because that's how you have to play the game eventually yeah right. but um like someone was saying like oh yeah you should really get some of these mortars i was looking at my rules and like and the fluff and 30k wolves do not have artillery mm-hmm. like it's very rare like i'm i'm playing the army very fluffily like lots of guys on foot charging yeah, which is enemy. how you should play 30k yeah so i got pretty stomped in that and then my game against eric's dark angels same thing he had quad mortars mm-hmm. with the phosphex and yeah. like a land raider with the phosphex so that pretty much ended the same way yeah so i found out my leviathan can actually take it so i'm gonna get it on that but otherwise i'm not gonna change up my list too much just no. I'm going to try and play it the way it is, and then, you know, Well, I mean, you do have your Blood Angels Land Raiders that you can proxy yeah, for now. Yeah, for sure. Because right? I think that you should play some games like that. Yeah. And we talked about this before. We might as well talk about it now. Is I think that you should, um, like, you kind of just went balls to the wall on, like, let's play games of 30K. Yeah. When, like, you really need to go to... And we come from a pretty competitive community. And, and people were doing tournament practice, too. Yeah. So. so I think that you need to, like, talk to someone and be like, hey... Do you mind playing a friendly game? Like a, yeah, more of, of like 30K. Like, I know how to play. And I've played game, 40K yeah. forever. But, like, can we play a game where you, you go a little easy on me? I'm not yeah. saying let me win. But, like, I need to figure out what, how this army plays. Yeah. I need to figure out how to win. Yeah. So, like, maybe as we play, you can give me some pointers. Like, hey, I wouldn't have done that. Maybe you should think about doing this, right? Yeah. I Like I said oh. before, much like the games that you and I play. Yeah, a lot something. Of the time, right? Something less about smashing face and more to, you know, driving. Yeah, drivers just just, just to start, and then you know you'll yeah. work your way into getting into those like Lords of War tournaments and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the other game I played, other than the one that me and you played, was against Mike Samurai Mike's uh, Karchardon Space Marines. Mm-hmm. So this was we're hoping to do this as part of like a campaign. I don't think we talked about this on the last episode. I'm trying to remember if we did. Anyways, I'm gonna assume we didn't. Sorry if we did. But um, so this takes place in like the current timeline 
where there is the Indominus Crusade. Mm-hmm. And when I was listening to another podcast and someone's like, oh, I guess Gilliman's the, you know, Lord Commander of the Imperium now and everyone's got to bend a knee. And I just like <laughs> instantly thought it'll be a cold day in hell before the Storm Guard do that. I'm like, oh, wow. Ian, that was really intense. Yeah. You should turn it back. So basically decided that. So no Primaris Marines for the Storm Guard, I'm assuming. Uh, so this is what's happening. So the chapter master is refusing to ally with Gilliman, saying he's just, you know, building that empire and he fucking betrayed the emperor back in the Horus Heresy by yeah. starting the Imperius Secundist. Mm-hmm. And he just, now it's his 10,000 year plan to become the emperor of mankind. Mm-hmm. And where the hell was he on Terra when Sanguinus was butchered by Horus and like all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So the chapter master is leading half the chapter, but I've known for a long, or I decided a long time ago, there was going to be a civil war in my chapter mm-hmm. where it's the chapter master versus the first company captain. Hmm. And I've cool. decided this is going to be the split. Mm-hmm. There's a first company captain's name is Brutus, right? And mm-hmm. he kills um, Caesar, like in Roman yeah. history. So I'm like, I called it because it's all based on like Roman sort of themes. Yeah. And when I decided that was his name, Brutus, oh, that's cool, man. Oh, wait, he's betrayed. Oh, my God, he's going to betray the chapter master. There's mm-hmm. going to be a civil war. This yeah. just writes itself. <laughs> so, yeah, but this is the issue. So if I do Indominus, when I add the Indominus Marines, they're going to be the loyalists. Yeah, so you won't Storm use your Guard. chapter master or whatever. No, or most of the captains, actually. Yeah. So Sweet, man. I like And it. when we did the uh, APOC game a few months ago, because it was during that, timeline like mm-hmm. Gilliman was on the field yeah i wait one second maybe i'm getting this mixed up I Gilliman was, was on the field at the yeah game. i was i oh no i i specifically didn't bring certain characters because mm-hmm. of like what we were doing cool. so yeah well i guess all those people were stomped because we are crushing that game so <laughs> yeah well you know the dreams live on <laughs> but uh you and i played a game yeah that's and right. that is my only game that so, I played in the last few months, unfortunately, since the APOC game. Yeah. But uh, it was good. This was kind of like my farewell to 7th Ed, mm-hmm. which actually we're going to talk about later. But yeah, uh, yeah man, uh, I kind of wanted to... It was such a great way because, obviously, you were the first person that I played 7th Ed with, getting back oh, into 40K. Yeah. You're the last person I'm going to play 7th Ed with as well. Um, yeah, man, I busted out that Tau. Yeah. You were playing your yeah, Stormguard. Yeah. And uh, you want to talk about the game? Yeah, so 1,500 points. We kind of modified the only war mission that was leaked for 8th. Yeah, so this is kind of like game 1 of 2 that we're going to play. Yeah. Where we both kind of decided that we're going to make lists of stuff that we want to play as, play with in 8th ed. Yeah. So... I took a lot of infantry. I've always been a fan of like Tau infantry. Mm-hmm. I took an ethereal council, which obviously I'm not probably going to be able to take in eighth ed, but I can still take ethereals and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, um, like we're still playing seventh ed rules and all that stuff, uh, but just not like powerhousing it. Just how do we? How would we like to play in eighth ed? How do what, yeah. what units do we want to see how they play in eighth ed? Yeah. So like we I, both made our lists. Yeah. Yeah. Like I took a librarian because I want to see how psychers do in eighth ed. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally was going to take like. Uh, assault terminators and a land raider and i dropped those cause also it's a 1500 point game yeah which that's a third yeah uh sanguinary guard which i've recently found out of two wounds in eighth ed which is nice. awesome mm-hmm. and a couple of other things which like, I definitely took a ball, would have helped. yeah i took like a ball predator for yeah. example i almost never take that mm-hmm. so um yeah i took a lot of infantry 
took uh, three Crisis suits, Shadow Sun, Envoy. Because I do want to play like very the classic Tau mm-hmm. Sept army, right? So Envoy, uh, Shadow Sun. Yeah. Took Pathfinders. Took two units of drones. Because I'm also trying to get that. Uh, I forget what it's called. If it's the battalion or the brigade detachment, which is uh, it's like three HQs, three to five HQs, six troop choices, three heavy supports, three elites, three fast attacks. Oh, like you have to take that You many. have to take that many. Oh. So I sure. realized, I was like, wow, well, Tau is like very low points. And then I realized, I was like, oh, shit. Well, I'm going to have a hard time doing that with heavy, heavy support. I was like, oh, no, wait broadside units are one model now yeah so they three started broadside, one, right? yeah so three broadsides yeah. can be three heavy support choices yeah um so Which i, I mean up, if you play kill points that's gonna be each one's gonna be a kill point yeah but yeah okay but you get a th- what three or six extra command points right so yeah it ends up being nine command points that you get in total mm-hmm. right which that's interesting i want to see how command points how important they are yeah. To the game, right? How much does that one die re-roll matter? And we'll see. So it was Every cool. So that's I what I was charge. that's what I was really going for with my list. Yeah. Um and yeah, like you said, what, what was the mission called that we played? Only war, um, I think. It, it's like the basic one that comes with the free rules. Yeah. That they previewed on the So it's kinda like there's site. like you set up four objectives and then you roll off yeah. and then one person rolls on a D three table. And yeah. It's kinda like each objective at the end of the turn is at the end of the game is worth this much take one off and it's only like a relic that you have to get yeah and then one, and then is, one like, is like each turn which is the one that we ended up playing was each turn yeah and we decided it was the player turn although after it was supposed to be the, at the end of the game the turn. game turn yeah but yeah. whatever i don't think it really affected. no i got tabled so no it definitely <laughs> didn't no so that was the end result was <laughs> we finished seventh head the way that it normally goes which is tau wrecking face <laughs> or ian getting tabled ian getting tabled yeah. i yeah i played it very foolishly and yeah, I kind of like we had a um, a ruined church mm-hmm. that I kind of set up majority of my forces in yeah. around one objective with the hope that we were going to roll the relic and I was just going to sit there. Yeah. But I put another one pretty close to where I was deploying as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so luckily you just kind of charged forward at me. Yeah, I the thing is I had a 10-man assault squad that I should have combat squatted. Yeah, there, were I, way, there was too few targets for me to shoot at. Yeah, because the... I left, um, I had an objective in my backfield and I just left them there. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know what else to do. I need to score these points, but I should have separated them and had like all my Melta and librarian move forward. Yeah. But also, like, I had a Dreadnought in a Storm Raven that came in late and mm-hmm. then got stunned. So we ruled that that can't go back, go into hover mode. So the Dreadnought could Yeah, because I don't think we could find that rule. No, I didn't, I didn't see anything. I would say I we just do a rules lawyering, but there's no point. No. <laughs> But that's, and I didn't want to look up, like, go through the FAQ to mm-hmm. try and figure that out. So, just, so I think we just said it had to fly straight. Yeah, I count as stunned. and can't yeah. go into hover mode, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, the you know, the controls are locked out yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, a lot of things went wrong. The biggest thing being me playing it wrong, but it didn't help. Like, I don't think the list that I brought was dirty in any sense. No, I don't think so. I mean. I, I think I brought a very fair towel list. Yeah, and I think I brought a very like very regular blood angels list, Mm -hmm. like just very well-rounded, lots of different things, but you were playing a, were you playing a ball strike force or you're playing a cat? Okay. I mean, it's almost identical, but I know, but you get an extra bonus there. 
I get plus one new initiative, which Not is that almost matters, useless yeah. against. That's now, why I was saying it doesn't yeah. matter. Oh, you get plus one strength. Oh, you get. I mean, I only had two troops, so it wouldn't have made a big difference if I brought it. If I'd had obsec on the table, yeah. so mm-hmm. plus I had a lot of troops. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, for a second game, though, we're gonna do the same lists. We pointed it out, and it was around a hundred power levels. So we're gonna do one twenty just yeah, to round I'm, it out. The list that I brought for power level was one oh nine or one oh seven. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Minus 98. Yeah. And I need one more elite choice. Okay. Because I just had uh, the three crisis suits and something else, I think. What's the big stealth guy? Oh, uh, the ghost kill, who's yeah. also an elite choice. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, so I needed one more elite choice. So I decided, okay, well, what the hell? I'll take six uh, stealth suits. Mm-hmm. And that way that fulfills the... Yeah. Three elite choices that bumps me up to just under 120. I can probably add some drones in there or something like that as yeah. well. I do like how now with drones for the units, you have to, like, you deploy them with the unit, but once the game starts, mm-hmm. they're a separate unit. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. So you can get more marker lights that way without fulfilling, like, your drone squadron, marker drone squadrons. Mm. Just start giving units, like, two drones for, I think it's one point, one or two power uh, level points. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not that we're going to be playing a ton of power level points, but it's just cool to... We want to try mm-hmm. it out and see how it works, right? Yeah. I think it's... I feel like my army is a lot more powerful with the power level points because mm-hmm. I can take like way more upgrades that don't cost me anything now. Yeah, yeah. Now, I didn't take the um, DS8 turrets in our game because okay. they cost 10 points apiece. Mm. I can get them for free now because yeah. it's not a power level. It's just they can take it if they want to take it. Yeah. I'll probably add another attack squad in, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I want to try snipers, so I'm going to add some scout snipers cool. in. Yeah, I really want to see how the uh, sniper drones work yeah. in 8th uh, Ed, because that seems kind of cool to be able to like take characters out without... Yeah, that's it's really... I'm excited to see how that mm-hmm. goes, if it's actually like worthwhile. I mean, I don't think you're going to be using them to take out like like Gilliman or anything like that. No, but like a Cadre Fireblade, exactly. Ethereal, yeah. a Sang... Like a, a chaplain or something like that apothecary yeah exactly yeah. yeah um you know just like care i mean that's what characters do now they boost they give auras right so mm-hmm. we can snipe them out that i think that's going to be really good yeah so we'll see how it works yeah um also so, sniper rifles cause a mortal wound on a six in addition to other damage yeah uh so rail guns remember i have my like pathfinder yeah. railgun unit yeah. they also do that but and i don't have to now only get like a four-man unit just with rail guns to do their own thing now I can include them, and they can shoot at a different right, target. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I can actually have a, a bigger Pathfinder unit. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking with scouts. Like, I can just throw a missile launcher in there for free, and they can just target other things. Yeah. While the snipers pick on the characters. The long days of taking a five-man tax squad just to get that missile launcher yeah. are over, of them standing around doing nothing. Well, the cool thing is now, tax squads, if it's less than 10, they get a heavy weapon or a special, and if it's 10, then they get both. They get both, yeah. Which is cool. I don't... I honestly can't remember if it's like that in the current edition, mm-hmm. but I'm, I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah. So last game, what's your takeaway? I know you got tabled, but what's your, um, what's your takeaway? Uh, you know what? You want to take a break and then come back and give our farewell to, to seven? Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, man. We'll be right back. All right. Goodbye. It's going to be a sad time without 7th. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I It was one of my favorite 
additions. Oh, that is how we're bringing ourselves in. Yeah, I oh, know. Oh, that's in. <laughs> that's in. That's in. Um, yeah, man. Uh, it's strange. I started the game. I've talked about this a hundred times. I don't know why I'm talking about it again. I played Third Ed. Mm-hmm. That's where I got my love for Warhammer. Yeah. And then I stopped playing. And then when I decided I was going to come back to the game, it was Seventh Ed. And I don't know Warhammer in between Third Ed and Seventh Ed. Mm-hmm. I don't have that knowledge. Yeah. So I still like huge differences to the game. Yeah, for sure. Right? Um, but at the same time, I don't think Decurions were a thing. Maybe the Necrons had their Decurion and that was it when I yeah. first came into the game, right? Because the new Space Marine Codex came out after I started playing. The Tau Codex came out after I started playing. Yeah. And so I don't know all that stuff in between. So, like, men, like, I really enjoy 7th Ed. I've always mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the depth of it and everything. Yeah. But now seeing 8th Ed, I'm like, and well, okay, I say that I've enjoyed it, but it's very frustrating at the same time. I do understand where all the frustration comes from. And the fact that, like, if you want to play competitively, not just competitively, if you don't want to get your face stomped in, there are units you cannot take. Yeah, and are almost armies you can't take. Yeah. Like, if you want to play and win with Tyranids, for example, well, maybe I shouldn't say that because I've lost to Tyranids a bunch of times, but you go to any tournament and you see Tyranids, mm-hmm. it's six flying hive tyrants. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. Like, it was not a balanced edition. That doesn't mean it's, it's not fun. Doesn't mean it's not fun yeah, at all. I yeah. fucking love Seventh Ed. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I like I've said it constantly. I love the 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 depth of it. Right. I like all those rules. It kept me uh, busy. Mm-hmm. Kept me wanting mm-hmm. wanting to continuing to learn more. Yeah. Right. I, I think it's really the addition that is best suited for narrative play and like big games like Apocalypse level, mm-hmm. where you can take these Decurion style detachments at like. 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 points. Do you feel like... So, Decurions were supposed to be the way... It's supposed to feel like the way the army is supposed to play. Yeah. Do you feel now 8th Ed has just done a better job of getting rid of... I've heard Decurions are still going to be in it. Once the individual codexes come out, there are going to be formations that are Decurions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I feel like even without the formations, the armies play the way... They're supposed to, like those Decurions were supposed to well, make them feel. First of all, anything that we were, like, neither of us have played it yet, right? So we're kind of like speculating a little bit, but yeah. like based on what we've seen. Well, I've watched some battle reports too. Yeah, and we've read through the leaks and stuff. Yeah. Like, it seems like the armies play more to their fluff mm-hmm. and it's just better rules design. Like, Seventh Ed was not, like, you know, we had a whole segment on rules lawyering where we'd go to six different places in the core rule book, two places in FAQ and cross-reference all that with a codex. Yeah. Like that, that's a lot of... Hopefully those days are done. Yeah, I, I think there will be, there will always be rules questions. Always, but always, like, yeah. The fact where you're flipping through three different sections of a core rule book, there's always going to be an FAQ, for example. Yeah. But like... What was it like a fifteen-page, twelve-page FAQ for the core rulebook alone? Mm-hmm. Like, hopefully, that's behind us, and we don't need to do a regular rules lawyering segment. Well, I think too that, um, well, I don't want to say the rumor. Like, we know there's going to be a chapter of book that comes yeah, out on Christmas yeah. time. 
and it's going to be called like the 2017 like chapter approved. Like mm-hmm. we've seen the photo of it. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully that's going to be like the new general's handbook. So there won't like that is the FAQ almost, right? Like they're going to constantly be changing the rules. We call it 8th ed, but it's not 8th ed, it's new Warhammer. Yeah, like and it's, there's no more additions. It's going to be a living rule book. It's going to be a constantly changing game. Yeah, which, which is, is awesome. That's yeah, perfect. For That's sure. what we all want, right? I mean, you see, like, uh, for example, FFG's just started previewing the next wave of X-Wing. Mm-hmm. Or no, it's not the next wave. It's like a splash drop for the scum and villainy faction. And one of the fighters in there has a title upgrade that's negative three points because when they initially released that fighter... It was overcosted. Yeah. But they can't, because it's all card based, they can't like go back and modify it. it. Yeah. Where, I mean, this is still printed rules and stuff, but it's moving more towards, it's moving towards a living rulebook system. Yeah. And I think we're not far off from seeing like an online based rule system. Yeah. Well, I think that speaks to also like society and the way that we're changing. We're becoming very. Everyone's online. Everyone's constantly yeah. asking questions. Before it was different when you just bought this rule book and there was no real way to like question Yeah. How does this rule actually work? You kinda of just go to a tournament and hey, that's how it's gonna be. And to be fair, like we've seen the advent of that in seventh with GW really embracing the online component digital books and mm-hmm. digital books that would become updated yeah. as FAQs were released. And on the community side we've seen community-based faqs itc faqs stuff like that where yeah. there is this growing rule system and that's constantly changing and adapting mm-hmm. so that's i mean i think as a community we went through a rough edition like i i, I really liked seventh for its narrative value but a lot of people you know it was not balanced competitively i don't think that seventh was very friendly to your play style no absolutely not and mm-hmm. i was able to keep my head above the water like i ran a bunch of campaigns and stuff mm-hmm. but it wasn't balanced uh there was not a lot of community support from gw at least in the first half seven yeah. Yeah. yeah and now we've kind of come through that fire stronger and better as a community and mm-hmm. we're getting the addition like gw's flagged it as this is what you've asked for yeah and you know from all all the signs that are out, it looks like it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully it is. Speaking of like play styles, I, so like Tau. Yeah. Is like my bread and butter coming mm-hmm. back. Right. Um, and I, we were talking about this before in that Tau was kind of an army where the way they're supposed to play is very like tactical yeah. in shooting. Right. But they had turned into such a thing where it was, well, I can stand here and just, you can try and do your thing. I'm just going to do my thing. Yeah. And it's not a lot of back and forth. It's very yeah. one-sided. And that's not to say Tau's like, going to lose. But there's a good chance they're going to win. And now it seems... I mean, I haven't played them in 8th Ed yet. But it seems like they're still going to be... And I keep saying this to you. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like very high ceiling. But they're going to be hard to master, I think. Because they're yeah. going to be a lot more tactical. It's not going to be, I just stand here and shoot at you. It's going to be, I have to lure you in to to destroy you. Yeah. But once, if I'm able to make that trap, you're done. Yeah. And I think, like, a lot of people get really frustrated playing Tau. And mm-hmm. your defense usually is, like, well, they're not 
you Getting know, to close combat with They're me. not an instant win. Yeah. But I think what people's frustration is, is that there's not a lot of interaction. Like, it's very much, like you said, I do my thing and I'm just going to ignore what you're I, trying I don't to need do to, to me. I don't yeah. need to worry about what you're doing because I can just do my thing and I'm going to win. Yeah. So hopefully, <clears throat> excuse me. So hopefully there's, it's going to be a much more dynamic army. Now. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the armies, what we're seeing is they will be too. Like, I'm really excited personally for Dark Eldar in 7th edition. Mm-hmm. There were, especially when the 7th edition codex came out, it was such a disappointment compared to the 5th ed. And now we're seeing so many units are viable now. Mandrakes look awesome, for example. I'm pumped for you to get back into Dark Eldar. Because yeah. I feel like you were playing a lot of Dark Eldar when I first started, when I first yeah. got into the game. And maybe because I was playing Tau and Dark Eldar, I don't think are ever going to win a game against Tau. Um, it's, well, just, it's a very hard matchup, and yeah. I feel like our first like our first few games were fine. But once I started understanding how to play yeah. against Dark Eldar, I think it kind of it almost turned you away from like I'm done playing well, this it, army. It's for not now. just maybe not just Dark Eldar versus Tau, but like my very assault based mm-hmm. play style with mm-hmm. Dark Eldar. Which, I mean, Assault, everyone's saying now Assault's back. And Assault was, like, brutal in 7th. Mm-hmm. Like, random charge distances, taking casualties from the front, Overwatch. Like, one of those in isolation, fine, whatever. It's not going to make a big difference. But yeah. all three of those. Yeah, the the casualties from the front is going to make charging yeah, it, the way better now. Wound like, allocation is going to be help Assault a ton. Yeah, like a 7-inch charge now is... More than desirable because, yeah. okay, cool, I'll eat your Overwatch and take the wounds from the back. And also. I've still got my 7-inch charge. Oh, and in case I roll badly, I just burn a command point, get a re-roll for that yeah. crucial charge. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty I don't much th- I don't think you need any re-rolls on charges, but. You are your goddamn mind. <laughs> Do you know how many? You're the master of the 11-inch charge, That man. was one time. <laughs> like, Anywho. I just, oh, God. <laughs> Do you know how many times my death company tripped over their own shoelaces and rolled like double ones? <laughs> Every game, Jason. Well, now you got to get those command points, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Nine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm just going to throw this in here now because it's a little off topic, but mm-hmm. I've been trying to plan for the next campaign I want to run. Yeah. And the command point system and the stratagem system is something I'm really excited for. Like last night I was coming up with this complicated formula how to like punish players if they don't have painted stuff or WYSIWYG. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? There's a much easier solution. Command point solution. negatives and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? There's a much easier solution. If your army's fully painted, you get a point. Yeah. If it's fully WYSIWYG, you can get a second point. Yeah. And it's just like nice little bonuses. And then depending on like which section of the map you're fighting in, there's different stratagems. If you control this tor- territory, okay, well, you've got a orbital uplink, so you get a lance strike from kind of cool. orbit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that it can be taken to the to the extreme and like overused, but we'll see. I am worried about like I feel like right now at the start of eighth, it seems like it's everything is even, everything is good. Yeah. When the individual codexes come back and we start introducing more formations and stuff, I mean, I feel so bad saying this because I had my worries when I heard about eighth ed, mm-hmm. and I was really worried that it was going to get like sigmard, but now that I see that it's good. I'm not so worried about the whole formation thing. 
but I'm scared about that power creep, man. About like, we have something that seems really good. Let's just keep it like that. Let's not like build on, oh, now this codex comes out and this is really good. And then this codex comes out and it's even better than that. And then Forge World comes out with their stuff and it's even better than everything. Like, I love Forge World. I love it. Everything is beautiful. The rules are cool. But every time I see someone bring something from Forge World, I always question like, oh, man, that is going to kick the shit out of my army. If you want Forge World, apparently the pound took a hit with the latest election, so it might be a good time to buy. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, uh, hopefully the chapter approve will do that. Always balance everything else. Balancing yeah. it on mm-hmm. an annual. Or, well, is chapter approve going to cover Forge World? Hopefully they have their own chapter approved or something like that. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I just hope that, like, I do hope that everything stays even. Yeah. Right. What else you got there, man? Um, well, I mean, kind of getting back to formations, attachments. I mean, that was a they huge started thing in seventh. sixth, mm-hmm. really, but like seventh is where they were born. Mm-hmm. So, and we've seen that scale back in eighth, which is awesome, I think, because I've never been a big fan of them. I mean, I think it's cool that they add fluff, but like you can always make interesting thematic lists out of a CAD. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Like you... You've always had that option. Oh, I want to run a bike army. Okay, well, take two minimum squads and Razorbacks or a couple of squads of scouts and then fill up your fast stack with bikes. Yeah. I mean, bikes are kind of a bad example. You can take them as troops, but you get my... Yeah, I do like how some of the, uh, like, options now are, like, all fast attack in an HQ. Yeah, exactly. All heavy support in an HQ. So I can take that tank army and it is, quote-unquote, like, I guess no. It's still called Battleforged, right? Yeah, it's, it's still, still Battleforged, Battle yeah. right? And I'm still getting command points for it, and yeah, you know, actually, I think some of them are like two or three command points, so I can still take like three. Like, let's say ITC stays three detachments. Yeah, I can still take three heavy support detachments with an HQ or whatever, mm-hmm. and I can ha- I can run an Imperial Guard tank, tank army. Company. Yeah, and hey. That's Battleforged, well, and I still have nine command points if I took three detachments or something like I, that. Right? I think this is something that a lot of people have been clamoring for. Like, I think um, I, I've heard it on other podcasts, maybe not so much lately, but some older podcasts from a few years ago where, you know, hoping to see them play with the Force Org thing. Like, get, when you get back to third, for example... There were different categories of missions, and each one had its own force orc for like attacker and defender. Okay, yeah. And we're kind of we're seeing that a little more now, where you can take a heavy support, you can take a fast attack detachment, you can take an elite detachment, you can add a HQ command detachment, you can take like a flyer wing, mm-hmm. and all that stuff is just it's really thematic and it's easy to do because everything everyone can use it. Yeah. So. I'm really excited. I like how they've nerfed allies as well. Mm-hmm. Well, all was, with the keywords and everything, right? Yeah. yeah. And also now Battleforge Army and Match Play has to, the whole army has to share a, key, a faction keyword. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to bring Chaos with Allied Demons, you can do that. But your Bloodthirster isn't going to buff your Rubric. Yeah, you can still have a very thematic army yeah. without having some cheese and like a bunch of cheese. In yeah, like. Uh, I don't want to say cheese. It's not cheese because it's the way the game. No, it's is poison, built. Jay. It's, well, well, yeah, it's a little toxic, right? Um, but hey, that's the game. That's the way the game. That's the way the rules are written. Space it's, wolves and dark angels are not friends. And I guess the best way to say it Death is Stars. the game is a little bit more friendly. Yeah, I think it's. 
I think it's still gonna. It's this is gonna be a competitive edition. Like yeah. the people who designed it are like LVO Don't organizers. Give, I've and seen stuff. some dirty ass Age of Sigmar lists, man. Dirty lists, and the rules are very similar. Yeah. Like in the in the list building format, right? Yeah. Like you're gonna see some dirty ass 40k lists. But I don't think it's gonna be the same. It's not going to have the same grown quality that 7th had, hopefully. I think, I think there's going to be a lot more viable options yeah. for dirty lists, and that's what I'm excited for. I'm yeah. excited to make a, a good army the way I want to make a good army, Yeah. not the way I have to make a good army. Yeah, if everything is viable, oh, you want to be good with Tau? Well, you don't need to bring Riptide Wing and Double Storm Surge. Yeah. You want to be good with Dark Elder? Don't bring, you don't need to bring a dozen Venoms. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure like most of the formations are still going to be in 40k. Like Riptide Wing, I'm sure will still be in 40k, and the rules might be changed slightly, but it's still going to be there. But one thing, and we talked about this before, is like the Piranha Factory, yeah, or the Drone Factory, mm-hmm. right? With the Piranhas that can come off and keep producing drones, keep producing drones, keep producing drones. Yeah. Um, same with things like Gene Stealer Cult that like go into ongoing reserve and stuff like How that. How does that work? How now? does that work? Because we've seen the rule saying anything in reserve after the third turn is destroyed. Mm-hmm. So is that like drone factory until turn three? At which case, hope you got enough drones on the table. Well, dude. also summoning stuff is you have to pay points for it now. Yeah. Well, summoning armies are basically dead now. Yeah, but Drone Factory, I'm assuming, is a type of summoning army. Uh, I mean, depends on how you consider. Because it wasn't you get, like, it's you get what was gone from the army. You oh. reload, right? So I if you lost ma- your drones, you would reload your drones. I imagine that. Well, who knows? Yeah. Like, we're talking about a formation that hasn't been updated to edition that hasn't come out yet. Yeah, exactly. So it's, all, yeah. it's pretty speculative. It's all speculation, but hey, yeah, we're speculating. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty pumped. I can't wait till next weekend when the book comes out. Mm-hmm. You got the, all those pre-orders done and shit. Yeah, I have like so much reading to do, and I'm so pumped for it. You just mentioned to me before that you had picked up the, uh, what's it called, the Heretics book, like the Chaos Legions book. Yeah, I picked that up because I was, I was a little worried. I wouldn't like Seventh Ed, so I bought that like the day it was announced or something. Oh, you wouldn't like Eighth Ed. Yeah, I wouldn't like Eighth Ed. Sorry. Yeah, so you bought that just in yeah. case, but. Yeah, I got to borrow that from you because I want to read all that stuff too. Yeah, no, it's so good. much reading to do. It's it's wait. it's mostly rules. It's not a lot of fluff. It's okay. It's still, okay. It's still cool though because they've like artifacts for each legion and shit. Yeah, so. just get a better idea and everything like that. That's that, what that's, I want to do more. That's, that's that is my hobby progress. That's like my long term. That's my year long hobby progress, which has been for like for the last year. But like just reading more, reading more forty yeah. k stuff, getting more into the lore, getting more into everything. Yeah, because you've been doing audiobooks, right? Yeah, well, a little bit, kind of died off yeah. a little bit there, but yeah. Anyways, this has been a weird meandering segment, so let's uh, <laughs> take a break. Right on. So, uh, this is an interesting turn of events because uh, I've been sick, blessed yeah. by Grandfather Nurgle. It's actually been two weeks since we recorded the other Was segments. It? Yeah. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, so I posted online that I've been blessed by uh, the Lord of Life. You got that Dark Imperium box, and you opened it up and just... <laughs> Yeah, it just flies yeah. and surrounds. You know, in me. The Simpsons, when uh, when Bart gets that present and it has like the Asian flu in it or something oh, like yeah. that, and he gets sick. <laughs> yeah, that, that's like the Dark Imperium. Apparently, one in every great box set though. Great yeah, box set. But one in every seven hundred and seventy-seven thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven has 
you know, the plague of Nurgle. And <laughs> I was that lucky winner. So, yeah. So now, originally, this whole episode was supposed to be kind of like Goodbye 7th. Now it's going to be Goodbye 7th, Hello 8th. Hello 8th, yeah, because we have been playing a little bit of 8th edition as well. So Yeah, and my voice is still kind of going. So instead of us doing a lot of talking, I went and recorded interviews on uh, launch day. Mm-hmm, so, yeah, we got some good interviews that you guys can listen to. Yeah. Um, who did you interview? Just I know you interviewed a bunch of people. people. You also interviewed... Um, Oh, Nick, that's right? right. Yeah, Nick, who's uh, was the inner circle winner for Canada. For Canada, yeah. yeah. So we'll play that too. Thanks has, for reminding me. Yeah, I know it's it's a good interview, and he uh, he has a beautiful army that he built, uh, yeah. Gene Stealer Cult. But I'm sure you guys talk yeah. about all that. So, but uh, before we get into that, um, first impressions of Eighth. I really like it, man. I haven't played too much. I think we're gonna play a game today as well. Mm-hmm. Now that like. I know there were like a bunch of leaks and everything. Yeah. So I was kind of putting together like some small, like kind of looking at stuff, but I hadn't put together like a solid list because mm-hmm. I don't like putting lists together through like random internet pages and stuff like that, like screenshots. Yeah. Like I want an actual book in front of me. So now that I have my books, I've been putting together a few lists mm-hmm. and I think I have a pretty solid 2000 point um, Imperium list kind of between like the primary, some of the new primary stuff, my Grey Knight stuff and yeah. some Assassins that kind of really keep with that like seventh ed list that I was using with the assassins and some gray knights. Like it's still like very annoying. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, what do I deal with? Um, the fact that I can like deep strike turn one. Yeah. Like I'm going Draco star. Nice. And it, I don't know. I want to try it out today. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I got one game in and, uh, yeah, it was really enjoyable, man. Things just like everyone said, it's the same thing. Everyone's saying things Mm -hmm. just like fly off the table and it's lots of fun. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. I played, um, Leonard on launch day against his Imperial Guard mm-hmm. and he just like bent me over the table hard <laughs> and just put a Vanquisher cannon vehicles, up there. Man, vehicles are a lot more durable so that those like yeah. tank companies which he likes to run. They're they're more expensive too though so mm-hmm. it kind of balances out. Mm-hmm. Where infantry kind of stayed the same price but vehicles got more expensive. Mm-hmm. So but, I mean infantry is the only people that benefit from cover now and stuff too right so. Mm-hmm. Yeah it's much harder for vehicles to take advantage of cover. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited I've like work my way through the core rule book i i read the core rules and now i'm going through missions and supplements mm-hmm. like cities of death i'm really excited for looking at like the sewer rat i love that and stuff the core rule book yeah and, uh, oh that nice hardcover mm-hmm. um it's the first time that i've had a rule book like that since like third ed you yeah. know the third ed one wasn't hardcovered but still like a thick like a full rule like book. a thick yeah. full rule book um it's good to like read the story too i haven't mm-hmm. i haven't gotten through all of it yet but I, I just was, to read through it. This is beautiful art in there yeah. as well, everything. I've read through the story because I'm kind of working on a campaign. Mm-hmm. So I've read through like the recent history that's like the new fluff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting because like the Astronomicon goes out. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then like whenever, when it comes back on, it's like the big rift is there and stuff. I, I don't think that's anything nobody else has heard. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get too much into the, into the fluff of what's going on just because. Yeah. I haven't finished reading it either yet, but I'm Sorry. same thing. No, I was saying I knew that, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're keeping up with what the community tells you, yeah, you know the so. gist of what's going on. It's the small details, yeah, like stuff like that, like mm-hmm. different planets and stuff. I'm still working on, but yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's, I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. The I missions are a lot of fun. fun, yeah. So, yeah, we also played. Um, uh, me and Leonard played uh, Maelstrom objectives oh yeah so yeah I, I haven't done that yet in the new edition they're kind of like um uh what am i trying to say did you get the cards 
Uh, actually, uh, Matt was nice enough. He bought. He had like some store credit or something, and mm-hmm. I was near the front when he was buying stuff. He's like, "Ian, what do you want?" I'm like, "I don't know." He's like, "Here, do you have cards? Here, you get cards." Awesome. So yeah, <laughs> Matt's an awesome, nice guy and a yeah. friend. So thank you, Matt. But yeah, I so I have the cards. So they they kind of combine the original Maelstrom objectives and then like the supremacy set. Oh, nice. I always like the supremacy objectives more. But yeah, they're like mixed in now, mm-hmm. so it's like defend an objective. You have to hold it for two turns. Oh, that's sick. Shit like that. Yeah. But yeah, that I built. So at this point, I've built the entire set except the uh, plague caster because I yeah. want to try and do a head swap, mm-hmm. and that set is beautiful. Yeah, it is. I still have a fair amount to build. I haven't touched any of the chaos stuff yet. Mm-hmm. I kind of just wanted to. We're having like a hobby day today. Yeah. So I wanted to get all the stuff that I was using in my current like two thousand point list. Yeah. So I built most of the space marine stuff. I haven't built the jetpacks or the lieutenants. Okay. But I built everything else. Yeah. And yeah, man, just so. I mean, I know you can't pose the kits that well. It's hard to do head swaps and stuff. I think head swaps you could. Is it do the for. same size head, or is it bigger head? I think it's the same size, but don't quote me on that because some of the parts are the same size. And I yeah. think the heads and the shoulder pads, but don't like I said, don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see if when they release those kits separately, if they're going to be more posable, oh, or they if it's will still going to be the same like. Like these arms have to go on this model. No, they. I think they'll be posable. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hopefully. if it was, because when they released, they didn't do a cultist kit. They just reproduced the Dark Imperium cultist. Mm-hmm. But when, if you look at the Age of Sigmar stuff, like the Stormcast got released, and they're all posable. The Corn stuff got released. They're all posable. Mm-hmm. And uh, just now, they're re-releasing some of the heroes from that Age of Sigmar starter set, and those are monopose. But yeah. I think heroes are a little bit different than the... Yeah. So they might release, like, for example, lieutenants as monopose, but mm-hmm. I think you'll get a Primaris in, incessor, inter... Intercessor squad, yeah. Intercessor? Yeah. Intercessor? I think it's intercessor. This is a better word. <laughs> yeah, so they'll... The cessors will be out as... Hashtag cessor. <laughs> out as uh, their own set. I would imagine. Hopefully. Or to be, like, combined set, like, Hellblasters and intercessors. Mm-hmm. I uh, I still haven't figured out how I'm going to use my, like, Dreadnought army. Because there's a lot of, like, Alpha Strike Dreadnoughts. Yeah, and you can't put them in regular draw pods mm-hmm. anymore either. So, uh, I mean, I still have so many games I have to get in trying different things. Yeah. Out. I still haven't played with my Tau yet, so. Dreadnoughts are faster now, too. They're eight inches. Mm-hmm. Move. And they're boss. But mine died. Easy. easy. <laughs> well, they're only eight wounds, and... Yeah. If you focus fire, you can take stuff out pretty easily. Yeah, but they don't deteriorate, which is nice. Oh, no? So, uh, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. At least Sweet. mine didn't. Maybe I cheated. Anyways. I'm, I'm not too impressed with some of the Grey Knight psychic powers, especially in match play where you can only cast one power. Yeah. Like, other than smite, you can only cast one power a turn. I mean, you have powers like Gave of Infinity, which is awesome. You know, I can teleport anywhere on the map mm-hmm. within nine inches of an enemy. Yeah. That's cool, except I only cast it once a turn. So that's kind of hard to, if I want to use it multiple times on different units. Yeah. I mean, I know before you only had like a few guys that could cast certain powers. Mm-hmm. Now everyone can cast Smite. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Right. It's a shorter range, but it just automatically causes one more wound, but everybody has it. Yeah. But then like when you only have three powers and every single unit has Smite plus one additional power. Mm-hmm. Well, 
what point do I just run out of powers to use, right? Yeah, I, I feel like great. And maybe we'll see an update in their codex that incorporates something like that, but mm-hmm. they should be an exception to that rule mm-hmm. where, like, each squad can come cast um, yeah. Cleansing Flame or and whatever Purge Soul's are. cool, but same thing. I don't... I need to use it more. And Hammerhand's pretty cool. It's plus one to your wound roll, I think. Which is huge. Yeah, which is huge. Um, especially when they're dealing with, like, higher strength yeah. weapons. Um but same thing, only one unit can get it before when before you could just cast yeah. Hammer Hand on every single unit, right? And it was only plus two to strength, but still. Yeah. I, I feel like Psychic Powers, unfortunately, is one of those things that uh, has taken a flavor hit mm-hmm. with like the loss of all the disciplines and stuff. Yeah. And a lot of them have been reproduced, but yeah, it's kind of a shame. But, I mean, they're much better in close combat now, so. Yeah. So, that's good. Thumbs up. You uh, ready to launch in some interviews? Let's do it, man. Let's get these interviews going. All right. Sounds good. So why do you play Warhammer? Uh, I like to play as toy soldiers. I like Green Army Men as a kid, and I like arts and crafts, and this combines the two. Honestly, it's a combination of the community, the hobby aspects, the models, and the actual game system itself. So it's, especially with the new 8th edition, it's a very easy to learn but hard to master game system. AOS is like that basically right now as well. Uh, the community is very open and welcoming right now, especially with the changes corporate GW Corporate has done uh, with community management, has actually made the community significantly more positive. It's a, it's a great community aspect that I really appreciate. Well, I've, I've been playing since I was 11, back when Fairview Mall was open, shop over there at G-Dub. And just the community opened up to me. I, I know Ash was manager over there, and he opened up to me. And then next thing you know, I was hooked, and I've been playing, whether it was Fantasy, AOS, back over to 40K, and now 8th ever since. It's been just a, a wild ride. My brother wanted me to buy Ultramarines off a friend for him, my younger brother. And then when I went to buy Ultramarines off that guy to give to my brother, he said, hey, have you heard about the Tyranids? And then he got someone to show me a Tyranid Codex, and then I was hooked. I like the miniatures and the gameplay. I got into it because my best friend and I bought the Black Reach box in 5th edition. And, uh, yeah, we've just been into it ever since. And uh, I don't know. I don't really have other time, time for other games. And the store's, like, right by my house. So. It's... I started with D&D, and I looked at... I wanted to get some D&D miniatures, and I go, hey, these look like look good fantasy miniatures. look like really good cool elves. You got orcs. You got everything. Figured out, you have an actual game where you can play with them. You play against your buddies, guys. Basically, just started from there. And then 20-something years later, still going strong. What's your favorite model that you've, like, built and painted and why? Ogre Firebelly. Oh, uh, okay. Honestly, it was so much fun. I spent about 30 hours painting it, and then a kid got blue paint on it. Oh, no. Yeah, because I left it on the table trying to show people layering, and uh, then a kid got blue paint on it. So, like, that's, that's, like, one bad thing that's happened to me. Um, but it's a, it's a wonderful, beautiful model. It's probably my favorite that's been out in a very long time. Other than that, I gotta say, like, the new AOS stuff that they're putting out is solid, and the new Primaris kits are... I'm actually really excited to get going. The Commissar with the Power Fist. Um... Caldor Drago is still my, pretty much my favorite. Yeah, just um, just kind of like the pose of it. Just seems solid model, simple. And, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of detail in there to just kind of get uh, really 
Yeah, it's really like it. What's your current like project or army that you're working on? Trying to finish off my Grey Knights, although now with Dark Imperium, it's I'm seeing them go to the back burner and uh, and get. Uh, I'm, pro I'm going to probably try to burn through these as quickly as I can, or get them ready for uh, for tabletop. Anyways, right now I'm working on Tyranids and for eighth, and I'm really excited about the new rules. They had a been a little bit hit since sixth to seventh, and. Uh, just really excited for the new rules and getting back in the hobby. You've repainted all my models right now and just looking forward to playing some games. Nice. Um, right now I'm pretty burnt out on my Gene Stealer cult, so I want to... I had an idea of doing an Alpha Legion force using the models from the Dark Imperium box, but I want to make them the Omega Legion. So it's kind of like Omega and Alpharius have split, mm -hmm. and that the Omega Legion has weird kind of Tyranid elements to it. You don't really understand why, because I'm all about Tyranids. It's 50 Stern Guard, all in Rhinos, two Forge World Derodeo Dreadnoughts with uh, the Auto Cannons and the Rockets, uh, a Scorpius, uh, or not a Scorpius, just normal Whirlwind, and a Captain with a Power Sword. Well, more, more Tyranids. Uh, so, uh, a couple weeks ago, I had 30,000 points for the Tyranids. Now I only have like 22,000 points for the Tyranids. Just because the points dropped. So, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I think I have to work my way back up. Uh, right now, I'm actually working on my Harlequins because they're no longer trash. I'm working on Blood Angels. Oh man, uh, right now, um, working on 30k Word Bears, um, I'm definitely in love with uh, the OG heretics. Um, for 40k, um, I see that Necrons are, uh, they got a lot of rules that I'm really, really enthusiastic about, so I got a massive Necron army um, that I'm probably gonna whip out a lot very soon. If you could live on any planet in the Imperium, which planet and why? Well, because I'd be dead pretty quick. Okay. Just rather be dead than live in the Imperium? Who would want to live in the Imperium? Like, McCrag was nice until Death Guard showed up, so... Terra. Why? Because I love Imperial Fists. Necromunda. Yeah. Just because uh, we did the game for that, it was just really cool gang fights. Also, I just love that game. Plus, maybe you could be in a gang that way. I would want to live on an agri-world that's so far removed from anyone that I would never see any Xenos or Imperium ever, because that sounds like the best way to not die. So why would you choose to play Warhammer over a board game or a video game or another miniatures game? What sets it apart? You could have walked into a games workshop at the mall when I was in junior high, and it was the greatest thing ever. Um, pretty much uh, for the community, just coming down somewhere social to hang out. Um, converse, get into the hobby, and uh, just learn as I go. I think probably because it was my first, but what I really like about Games Workshop's product is that the majority of it is plastic, um, and the kits are just really cool, and I, I really like the the far future, and like the idea of, like, I'm a big Xenos player, so I love Aliens, and I feel like any other miniature games I've seen, they a lot of them tend to be fantasy-based, and right. I'm not as interested in fantasy, and then also the ones that are kind of like futuristic-based sci-fi, they don't really do it for me as much. Okay. Um, really, uh, war games and miniature games, they always have that like extra level of depth that you typically don't get in, uh, in a board game. Even something like Axis and Allies and uh, uh, Risk and things like that, you don't typically get... Uh, the same level of interaction uh, between pieces. Um, 
and there's such like a diverse lore that's been uh, established over the many many years that Warhammer's been around. So it's uh, it's really it's definitely a unique experience that you can really get immersed in. Uh, I've always liked the setting. I like the models. The game is pretty good too. I well a lot more now. Um, I don't know. It's just the game that most people play is always more larger tournaments for it than pretty much every other game, so I don't know, it's just that, I guess. Having played a lot of minis games in my time, uh, one of the things I like about 40K is the ability to handle uh, four-point models and 400-point models. Like, have one unit that's a hundred times as powerful as another, and for them all to interact meaningfully on the table. It's not as if one model, by its presence, will just overwhelm and make the others unimportant. They, they each have their place, and there are very few games that can actually handle that sort of thing. Uh, the other thing that, that 40k handles where a, a bunch of, say, alternating activation system games were yeah, that uh, alternating activation systems often struggle with um, uh, a, a, a large disparity in the number of elements of maneuver. So uh, something you see in like Armada is uh, a, a bunch of cheap activations that you can put either at the beginning or at the event or at the end to control yeah. what your opponent does. Uh, and I, I find that to be really gamey. So as much as like a lot of people don't like the I go you go system, yeah. uh, I find that. Something like 40k needs to handle it, where you have 40k has something like Imperial Knights and a bunch of 40-point units of Gaunts, or like Servo Skulls, or like tiny little points of units, and they can still interact without really messing up how the game's mechanics work. Okay. So it can handle those big disparities, and I like that. I like the whole world of Warhammer 40k and Age of Sigmar right now. I like the in-depth fluff, and the miniatures are great. They're easy to put together. I like to convert, and no other range really has a wide enough set of kits that I can really convert to the extent I want to. Because this one's the most fun, and the models look awesome. The models are awesome. There's a lot of ability to just go and do all sorts of crazy stuff with them, and it's just a lot of fun playing the game. If you had to worship a Chaos God, which one would it be? Probably Corn because he's just super badass. Just, just super. Blood for the blood god. Uh, Slanesh would be a hell of a party. Slanesh because I love the color purple. Uh, Zeech because I like to do weird things to people's heads. What's the favorite army that you own? Uh, Carcarodons. Uh, why? Rip and tear. I've started three new armies straight. <laughs> what are they? Uh, blind Angels, Dark Angels, and a Primaris Marine chapter. Nice. Yeah, so I got a problem. <laughs> uh, I like Imperial Guard because I like how they're just uh, normal dudes taking on all the things that the Imperium can like throw at you. Or the galaxy, I guess. <laughs> oh boy. Um, thousand tons right now for sure. Yeah. Why? Uh, Space Marine Wizards, the army. Also, they look baller. Oops. Space Marines for sure. That's pretty much all I've ever played, actually. Dark Eldar. Yeah. Why? Just, it's not really your typical kind of sci-fi or fantasy-ish army. It's just, it's not exactly appropriate. We'll just say the least. Um, if anyone watches Hellraiser, it's kind of like that on crack. Yeah. But you, you know that. Yeah. Uh, who's your favorite character in the 40k universe? Oh, oh, that's like choosing between children. Um, give me 
One of the top. Uh, Favorite right now. Okay, I'll, I'll go with Cyphus Kane. Just sorry, who? Cyphus Kane. Like the uh, he, he's a commissar. Right. Okay. Yeah, uh, but it, there, there's that that disparity between how things look from his perspective yeah. and the legends about him elsewhere. That it, it, it brings home. Uh, I, I think 40k works best when it it has um, when, when forces are terrifying and awesome and absurd and hilarious all at the same time and where it just kind of weaves its way in and out of self-parody mm-hmm. it, it just some of it's just so grim dark that it goes out the other side and then yeah. back in and just weaves between the two and I, I characters that that fit into that paradigm work really well for me oh it's probably fulgrim Mostly, okay. because, mostly because he's a titty snake. Uh, pr- probably Robert G- Gilliman. Uh, he's just very cool, and he can kill everything he touches. What do you think of the new edition and how the game's changing? A lot of the stuff I really like when I looked at it, you can't do a lot of the jank that you used to. Like, you can't have all oh, drop pods come down, no one gets free transports, or re-rollable 2 plus save with a re-rollable 2 plus save kind of deal. Um, and now it's, it seems that a lot more units you can take. You can yeah. take the army you kind of want to take. Yeah. And who doesn't like that? In, like, the only war, what race is going to win the galaxy and take it over? Tyranids, duh, they eat everything. Come on. Like, right. the Imperium is toast, it just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> There's so many more Tyranids out there than we realize, I think. So, yeah, Tyranids, definitely. I think Tyranids will probably win over the whole time because they're just endless. Like, fluff-wise, they'll just constantly, you can't beat them back, they just keep coming. So, I'm here with Nick, who recently got back from Texas after uh, participating in the Inner Circle. How's it, how's it going? It's going good. I uh, had a lot of fun down there. Games Workshop US, the HQ in Dallas, those people are so classy. They took such good care of us. I can't say enough about it. So can you tell me about the army that you submitted for Inner Circle? Sure. Um, it was my Gene Sealer cult army, and I started pretty much... I started it just before Inner Circle, but I did the majority of work on it during the Inner Circle period, so it kind of lined up perfectly. So uh, tell me about the display you had. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I guess I should mention the name for the cult. They're called okay. the uh, the Omega Strain because the skin color of the cultists and their kind of like military garb is inspired by the Guillermo del Toro series, The Strain, which is all okay. about vampires. Yep. And if you think about Gene Slayers, they're kind of like the 40K answer to vampires. Um, so they wear black armor with kind of like red highlights to it because there's these things called the Sun Hunters in The Strain, which are vampires who hunt vampires. Okay. So I kind of took their color. And then also for the skin coloring, the vampires in The Strain have greenish skin color. So instead of doing the standard gene sealer pink, I do more of like a green skin. Um, and then the thing in the strain is that you have vampires fighting vampires. So my cult has succeeded in severing itself from the hive mind. And it's actually realized that the Tyranids are coming to destroy it. So it's fighting back against the Tyranids. Nice. Yeah. And then the Omega part of it is that because it severed itself from the hive mind, it is now worshipping something else. And it's not really clear what that is, but it might be a certain Chaos Legion. I don't know. <laughs> nice. So uh, you got flown down to Texas, right? 
Yes. So how was that? What did you do down there? Uh, it was it was very interesting. We were supposed to be flown down to Dallas, but there was a huge thunderstorm, so I got flown to Austin and then driven to Dallas. But uh, it was a very kind of whirlwind tour. So five diff- five winners were flown, four from across the United States, and then I was the representative from Canada. And the we all arrived on Friday night. We went out and got some dinner. Uh, we stayed in the hotel Friday night, and then Saturday was a full day of just kind of like festivities that they had planned for us. So we went to the Dallas office. We got a tour of that by... Um, Josh, I think it's Wembley. Wembley. I always screw it up. Uh, he's the head of Games Workshop US. Uh, he was really awesome. So he toured us around the office. We saw their like cool meeting rooms that are named after like Komarag and stuff like that. Um, and then he gave us an opportunity to ask him like any question we wanted about Games Workshop or 40K or whatever. He said he could answer any of our questions. He wasn't necessarily going to answer our questions, but he was capable of answering them. Nice. So it was cool. He couldn't tell us that much, of course, but he yeah. gave us kind of like insight into like the decisions the Games Workshop makes and how that is like influenced by the business decisions. There's okay. stuff we might not think about because yeah. we get so head up in the, the fluff and like the models and like oh my god chaos like why have we had chaos models for so yeah. long but it's he really kind of like grounded it and you know we're a company and we got to think like a company and it was cool it like it was a very human view of the, the company um, and he for example he talked to us about stuff like Shadow War and like yeah. what happened with Shadow War how come no one could get boxes of Shadow War and he's like you know Games Workshop sells terrain and no one really buys it. So we made this awesome terrain box. Didn't realize how popular it was going to be. And then it sold out and we were like, oh my God, that was way better than we thought it was. So he told us cool stuff like that. Um, So we did that. And then we had this kind of like awards presentation where they gave us all these cool plaques of Purity Seals, gave us all these shirts to like celebrate us being part of the inner circle. And then uh, we all played a game. We played like the first official game of 8th edition um, at Games Workshop HQ. And they kind of ran it for us. And we had each brought parts of our army. Okay. And we competed in it. So we did that. And then we went out for lunch, which was really awesome. And then in the afternoon, we all had interviews with uh, the staff there. So they were actually making videos or interviews. They're going to be putting them up on the Inner Circle nice. site. So if you haven't checked it out, um, if you go to Facebook and you look up Games Workshop Inner Circle, they have pictures of all the entries there. And that's where they're going to be putting up additional okay. stuff. And then uh, as part of that interview, they also drew this cool sketch of us as if we were part of our army so I got yeah. drawn as a magus nice and yeah and then that was kind of like the end of the day and then we all got on the planes and headed home so it was a very packed day okay cool so has um has your view or perception of GW changed since your trip uh, a little bit. I was really impressed that they had put this competition together. Mm-hmm. But when I actually got to go there and meet the people who ran it, it was literally two people running it on the Games Workshop app. And they just came up with it. Like, this was a thing where Games Workshop, HQ, and Nottingham came yeah. to Josh and they'd asked him to do something special um, in the North American stores. And they'd expected him to do something kind of like medium tier. And he yeah. just like went crazy. He was like, I'm going to do this amazing, huge thing. Yeah, yeah. And then he was like, oh my God, how are we going to do this? So he had to figure out how to roll it out. So um, some things that people don't know about Inner Circle is that, for example, the judging rubric, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, the judging rubric, like I got nailed because I didn't have 10 guys in a squad or whatever. Yeah. But I think a lot of people think that the North American headquarters just whipped that together. Yeah. But they did extensive testing. Like they showed us how they had their own armies in the case, and they were like, mm-hmm. "We took our own armies and we scored them." And then we realized we had to change the rubrics, and they changed it. Yeah. We scored it again, and they changed it. So a lot of work went into it, and it was two or three people that were running the whole thing. Wow. I think it was um, James Bell. I think Desiree Dorsey had something to do with it, running it, and. 
can't remember who the third person was running. I can't remember if it was Monica or Travis, but okay. it was a very small team running the whole thing. Um, and they put a lot of work into it. And it was... Games Workshop has never done a grand prize like this before. Where yeah. they, they fly someone somewhere and they put you up and they give you all the stuff. Like, they gave us, like, free Dark Imperium. They gave us, like, free, like... Um, index book to yeah. go with our army like all this really really cool stuff that they didn't have to do mm -hmm. um, and it just in terms of my impression of the company I was already pretty positive because yeah. Games Workshop's been doing amazing stuff lately getting yeah. back yeah. to the community bringing out crazy old models but it was just even more bolstered by seeing the humans behind our plastic crack habit yeah. like Desiree Dorsey has been working for the company for 18 years I had no idea who she was she's this tiny little woman mm -hmm. she's so pleasant so wonderful but she's been like handling making sure that we all get our plastic crack and it was cool to be able to see those people and be able to properly thank them nice. um, and just yeah have faces to go with the company because it's this kind of faces like we see the big people like the Duck yeah. Kids and the Jess Goodwins and that kind yeah, of stuff yeah. but there's people that are much closer to us and making sure that this hobby proliferates in North America and it's successful so it's cool to meet those people and be able to yeah. thank them yeah, cool and you've a blog and a podcast you were saying earlier do you want to just give it another plug sure yeah so my blog is Modern Synthesis so that's M-O-D-E-R-N S-Y-N-T-H-E-S-I-S-T dot com. I'm sorry for having the most complicated name ever. So yeah, it's Modern Synthesis, and that's kind of like my hobby blog, and me and my brother post stuff on there. Uh, it's mostly Tyranids, uh, Gene Steeler Cult, Dark Eldar focusing on the Homunculus Coven, and now I'm going to be starting some Alpha Legion stuff. And then uh, our blog is very new, we just started it, and it focuses mostly on Xenos and... I'm, we're more interested in the hobby side, so sculpting, painting, fluff, that kind of stuff, yeah. building like thematic armies, and less power gaming. So we focus on that hobby side of things on the, awesome. the podcast, and the podcast is called Xenos Alchemist. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. Yeah. All right, man. Let's go uh, beyond the rim. Dun, dun, dun. Um... What have you been up to? What have you been playing other than 40K? So I bit the bullet and bought Star Wars Rebellion by FFG. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, another ago. FFG Star Wars game. And I think we all know that we're just totally cool with FFG taking Star Wars and making whatever they want yeah. with it. Um, now I have a lot of those games now that you put it that way. <laughs> I've heard of this game, and I see people talking on Facebook about it like during like the Star Wars Ontario gaming group or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, and I see like some things that get released for it, but I don't know what this game is. Well, Can you explain it? No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, okay, so it's a board game. Uh, there hasn't been, there's been one expansion announced. It's like a Rogue One expansion, uh, but that's not out yet. So it's just, a, it's perfectly good as a standalone board game. Mm -hmm. It's... um kind of like Risk or Axis and Allies. So okay. the board is like a map of the Star Wars galaxy. And you got different little places for what decks of cards and okay. like units you're building. I think Axis and Allies is the most apt comparison because you mm -hmm. build armies and fleets. Okay. And it's um, it's asymmetrical. So they did each the Rebellion and the Imperials have different goals. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, two to four players. And if you're playing more than two, it's on teams. And the Imperials' goal is to find the hidden rebel base and destroy it. Mm -hmm. And the rebels' goal... Now, is it actually hidden? Like, yes. Like, it's, like the rebels know which of their planets they yeah. have that have the yes. rebel base on it? Okay, cool. And that changes every single game you play? Yeah. Right on. 
So in um, it's it's a little different in the starter the like learn to play game because it's more limited, but. Yeah. In the actual game, you can start the rebel base on any world that doesn't have imperial. So you get to pick which one you. The want rebel player does, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So there'll be about five worlds that you can't choose out of I don't know twenty five or something. Now is it like risk where I can just be like, yeah, I put it on Australia, come get me, bro. Yeah, <laughs> where I just have one entry to get into my base. <laughs> uh, not quite one, but yeah, you can pick like yeah. a very isolated system, mm-hmm. and some of the systems are populated and some of them aren't. So That's that cool. kind of changes. Your tactics almost, yeah. Yeah, and you have lots of special abilities and heroes that have special abilities and stuff. Now, you can kind of change the history of Star Wars 2 in this game. Cause I oh, think absolutely. You told me that you played a game where someone turned Luke to the dark side. Oh, okay. So me and Noah have played a couple times now. And um, in that game that you're referring to, so when you play three players, the Imperials are supposed to have two because if you've, you know, two minds controlling the army, it's a little tougher. Yeah. But me and my buddy from work, Matt, were playing as the Rebels because Noah hadn't met Matt. Like, it, yeah. it, it, anyways, just the way it worked out, Noah wanted to play Imperials because he'd play Rebels in our first game. And he just tuned us. <laughs> so there's a couple of planets that build um, uh, capital ships. Yeah. And Noah got all three of them, I think, very early on <laughs> and was just pumping out Star Destroyers. And he had the Death Star. And then he built his second Death Star. <laughs> And then one of the, like, special missions you can do is turn a character to the dark side. Mm-hmm. And, like, Palpatine turns them. And if it's Luke, it's, like, even worse for the Rebellion. Like, because mm-hmm. the Rebellion's goal is to kind of just create a galactic uprising. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of waiting out the clock for enough people to get fed up with the Empire. that They rise up and they can do things to, like, push that forward. But the Empire is a few things that will push it back it's like the rebellion's reputation pretty much so if you turn luke it gets pushed back like two turns which oh, is wow, huge yeah, yeah. um because so if it's anything happened. like axis and allies a turn takes a while to yeah to do, absolutely right? yeah. yeah it's a long game this is like a sunday afternoon it's pouring rain outside yeah type of game it's an e- like a half day commitment easily yeah. yeah i mean obviously like if you everyone's played before it can be a little quicker but mm-hmm. Yeah, so Noah had two Death Stars, all the spaceports, and it turned Luke to the dark side. So that's when we quit. It was <laughs> getting pretty late. Um, in the first game, though, I blew up uh, Toydaria. Oh, yeah. Which is Noah's favorite <laughs> planet because he plays a Toydarian in mm-hmm. our Edge game. And, you know, there was no Rebel base there. I just wanted to make a point. Yeah. So I blew it up. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really fun because there's these little things you can do that are very flavorful like mm-hmm. you can take the death star and just go around blowing up planets yeah no i do i want to try it out because i've heard nothing but great things about yeah. it um speaking of noah's edge character uh we played some edge just last, last night, night yeah. yeah um i will say i'm now that like my character is progressing more and i'm getting more experience and more money and everything i'm getting way more into it oh good like yeah. i really enjoy like the flavor that my character has that he has more special abilities i'm mm-hmm. learning how to my problem because i play a charmer um, which I've talked about before. If Play you like did, Lando, if, pretty much. Yeah, kind of Lando. If Lando was an ex-intergalactic porn star, um, <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. That's your character. Yeah. Uh, but I'm learning that my character is kind of like the comedic relief as well of the yeah. team. Like last night, we had been like hidden away on like Tatooine mm-hmm. for like two months, just kind of laying low after a big yeah. uh, heist, and my character had like grown a beard and he went like full Western. 
Yeah. But like he doesn't know what Western is. So he has like a sombrero and his accent keeps changing and stuff. (laughs) But he's just acting as Western as he can act. Um, Yeah. But I'm learning like what all my abilities do and how to use them Mm -hmm. and how before like I was disappointed in playing. Not disappointed, but I was a little underwhelmed with playing a charmer Mm -hmm. because I was like, well, all I do is talk. And then once the fighting happens, I don't really do anything. But I realized that I got a pretty strong gun. Yeah. And so I put some experience into range light. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, just because my guy's talking doesn't mean that I can't spend a little bit of yeah. points on yeah. being able to shoot. So now my shooting is not half bad. I don't have a lot. I don't have skills to increase my shooting, but I can do things during a battle. Like now I have disarming smile. Mm-hmm. So we like opened up a door. We like blew open a door. And the first thing I do is I walk through and I disarming smile the one guard that's waiting there and his defense drops down and I blast him with my gun and then Elton shoots him down as well, right? Like, I'm I'm learning how to play the character better. So it's making the games more enjoyable. It's also hard because we don't play that often, really only about once, maybe twice a month. And like all the books are, like I'm the one with the books. Mm -hmm. They're all my place. Mm And there's definitely things I need to learn more like, actions i can take and stuff like that well i want to do another like i was saying we should do a session where we all kind of just sit around and just work on our characters and mm-hmm. come up because we don't use obligation yet which is something i've always had struggled with as yeah. a gm so yeah i've got some ideas we can that, do that but. and then also maybe at the end have like we can talk about the options that we can do in combat and stuff like that yeah. and then maybe run like a small not part of the storyline but a small uh, combat encounter. Oh, and just where go then we can moves. practice. Yeah. Like, okay, well, I want to. What are my options? Okay, I want to try. What does this do when I do this? Right? And yeah. Kind of see how that plays out. That way, the next time we actually play, everyone has a better understanding of how encounters mm-hmm. can go and the options that you have and stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'll try and find some. Maybe I can just print off some pages of the rule book or something mm-hmm. to just find like a cheat sheet of combat moves that people. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, just have on the a spa- a space as well because space is. Space is a very difficult... I had no idea what I could do as a co-pilot. No. It's... <laughs> yeah. And that's... Like, I don't even know the space rules. And my first character was a pilot. Yeah. Just because it doesn't come up very often. It's hard to run as a GM because it's hard to make it interesting. Yeah. So, it's something that you can't really... Just... Our space battle yesterday was awesome, though. Yeah. That worked out well. But, like, again, it's just guys flying around blank space, right? Yeah. So, it, it's... It, I think it worked out well, but I've definitely had it where it's like, well, there's there's nothing... It's literally space. There's nothing there. Yeah. So you, the GM really needs to put their best foot forward mm-hmm. and try and do it. And I'm, well, the I've fact been that working on you it, had but. other ships, like local ships flying around, but that's not always the situation. Yeah. Like I, yeah. And the Armada miniatures really help, I think, with that. Oh, too. definitely. Yeah. 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 So. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying Edge a lot more. Can't wait to play again. Good. Good. I'll try and do it. Uh, yeah. I think next week, um, maybe we can just do that, sit down and chill session mm-hmm, for sure so i've also uh, edge and chill edge and chill <laughs> yeah. oh god um i've also been as usual playing overwatch yeah my other love um and season five just started didn't just start it started i think two weeks ago okay so like two episodes in yeah something like that uh and yeah so i did my placement matches and i play on xbox one so i'm no like master computer race player or anything mm-hmm. like that and I, I watch a lot of Overwatch videos and stuff, but I'm just not that good, obviously. And the way that, like, the ranking system works, like, my coworker that I play with finished in Platinum last year, and I finished in Gold, like, middle to lower Gold. Yeah. Um, but I don't play that much competitive. I should play more. I, that should be the only thing I play. 
but I tend to play like one or two competitive matches and then be like, oh, I feel like maybe I'm getting a little tired. I won't play competitive anymore. Yeah. When really, that's just I should just play that win or lose. Because um, you'll go to quick play and win a bunch of matches, and it's like, well, I could have just won all those matches in competitive, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe. But maybe, maybe, but maybe not. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but I had a better placement record than he did, mm-hmm. and he got ranked way higher than I did because of what his ranking was in the previous season. Oh. And right. also, I guess, you depends on who you play. Yeah, maybe uh, that. Maybe it depends on that. Is yeah. they have like a hidden ranking system, kind of. That's mm-hmm. like you have your rank, and then they have a hidden ranking. So I oh, ended up getting placed in like high silver, but because the game my hidden ranking system is like higher than that, mm-hmm. within like a game or two, I was out of silver and back into gold. I see. Right? Because it's like cool. You get way more points for a win than you do for a loss because the game actually knows that you're higher than what your placement see, is, and I then see. once you get to what that hidden ranking is, then it becomes even. Once you get up higher than that, then it'll yeah give you more points on a loss than on a win, right? Unless it once it figures that okay, maybe you are actually up this high. It's crazy to think just how much thought and energy and like processing or code is into like the matchmaking. Yeah, to system, give the best experience the and yeah. keep people where they guess they should be. Yeah. Um, it's definitely frustrating. There's definitely times when you're like, I why do I continue to play this game? It's such a love hate yeah. relationship sometimes, but it's a lot of fun. And a new map just came out on Tuesday on yeah. Xbox. So that's I, pretty cool. I had a very brief stint trying to play competitive StarCraft 2, and I remember one season I got ranked platinum, mm-hmm. which I had not a platinum player. Yeah. But, like, I think all my opponents, like, just, um, like, uh, threw their games so that they could be ranked lower. Yeah, yeah. And so I just got my ass kicked for, like, a month mm-hmm. in the platinum league. <laughs> so, like, I know what you're talking about because I think it's similar. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, the I'm, I'm the opposite way around. I'm ranked a lot lower and i find that i'm the only guy that's actually going in with some type of strategy yeah on my in my games right we we used to play me and uh two friends we used to play three on three Mm -hmm. and that was really fun and we actually got kind of decent at it like Mm -hmm. winning as many as we were losing let's say yeah but then we quit for like a week and came back it's like oh we're out of practice i'm like wait we need to practice yeah like uh it becomes more than yeah i guess so yeah uh, unfortunately with overwatch when you if you're not playing like competitive and you just go in like regular matches yeah because it's a team game you can't exactly hope for the best you can't go into a, a regular game like a quick play game mm-hmm. and expect your team to work together yeah it's very different then. and even yeah. even still then if you play competitive most people consider that's the way you're supposed to play the game mm-hmm. so but people still just go to competitive and don't give a shit sometimes yeah because especially at that lower rank they're like i'm silver i don't give a fuck Mm. I'm just gonna do whatever I want, and yeah. that's why they're in silver. So it's like, great. Well, now I'm stuck in this area where they call it Elo Hell. <laughs> but uh, whatever, it doesn't. Yeah. You gotta be as positive as you can. And honestly, yeah. I'm. I say that, and like, I'm still. I've gotten back to like low, getting more middle gold, mm. and like I'm on like a five or six game win streak. Oh, that's good. And it's just being positive. Like I don't play that many games. Play maybe one or two a night. Yeah, but like. It's just staying positive, and if you're a good player, you'll fight through it. Yeah, Noah really wants me to get it because he has it on computer, mm-hmm. but it's money and hard drive space right now. Yeah, I guess it's hard drive space. Money. It's only 60 bucks. Yeah. I think it was, it was 40 bucks for a long time. I don't, don't think it is anymore. But Dark Imperium, just... Yeah. I'm trying not to spend money on gaming. Yeah, exactly. Lot, like, I bought a Space Wolf Army and started a Chaos Army. Excuse me. And then Dark Imperium mm-hmm. came out. So, uh, anything else you've been playing? Fallout 4, but, you know, it's just... 
Same old. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. I, I want to, I'm trying to get through it so I can move on to a different game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just uh, honestly, I've been doing a shit ton of hobbying, just a hobby machine. Yeah. You have, and you've been sending me photos and yeah. I'm always like, Oh God, I really need to get on this. Cause I'm not as good as you when it comes to that. Well, I've just been building a lot. Like I've built so many space wolves and all the dark Imperium stuff now. So right on, man. Yeah. So uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, we'll come back and close out the show. All right. So uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. Yeah, man. 23 in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we go, though, I kind of want to say a little personal statement. I'll say. Yeah, man. Go for it. I know what you're going to talk about. And <clears throat> it's a pretty big disgrace to the Toronto gaming community. Yeah. So... As many of you may know, Meeple Mart is uh, one of the few game stores in Toronto. And recently, they've closed down their game, closed down their game space due to theft. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know all the details regarding the theft, like how much it was or anything like no, that. No. Uh, like, we're just going by what's been posted publicly on their Facebook page. Yeah. So this is nothing that you can't find out. Well, anywhere. they did have a massive gaming space, and they closed it down because of theft. And they reopened it near the front, near the front counter, and, and at a... At a reduced space. Yeah. Um, and now, and now they've closed it down completely again because yeah. of theft. So first time they closed it, like closed down their larger space mm-hmm. was due to theft of product is my understanding. Mm-hmm. Now that, that first off, that's not okay. Yeah. Stealing product is, you know, these are brick and mortar stores that are trying to stay open and, and competing with online retailers. Mm-hmm. Like Meeple Mart has an online component they could close down their Toronto store move out into the boons and just get a warehouse and just be online only and possibly make a better profit but they have a brick and mortar store that allows us to go there and until recently play there and Mutant Mart is a fun place to go to even if you're not gaming like we went today and it's fun just to walk around and look at what's on the shelf I it's hard not to spend money it's hard just to window shop but I don't think any other store in the city has the stock that they have no, of all the different companies, of all the different paints. Like for hobby supplies, it's one of the best places to go. And board games yeah. as well. Well, yeah, and that's completely different. Like board games and RPGs and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Huge variety of miniatures games. Like obviously our home store is GW Young and Lawrence, but for non GW stuff, I usually go to Meeple Mart. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that we support our local game stores because they are keeping up a brick-and-mortar store in Toronto, which is extremely high rent. And because of its high rent, most players don't have a play space in their apartment or mm-hmm. home. Like, I'm very fortunate that I'm able to set up a table in my apartment, but most people I know don't. I, it's very hard for me to do yeah. it. So th- there's that. If you're stealing from a game store, then go, f- go fuck yourself because <laughs> you're hurting the community. Yeah. And you might be able to justify... You're hurting the community that you're a part of. Yeah. And, you know, you might be able to justify it by saying prices are too high or, you know, it's just theft or it's shoplifting. It's a victimless crime. It's all bullshit. You're hurting the community. Now, that that's the first part. Yeah. That was why the first part closed. Now it's permanently closed. This wasn't theft of stock. Why they closed it? This was theft of terrain. Yeah. If you stole terrain from Meeple Mart, you are fucking scum of the earth and you should go throw yourself in front of a bus (laughs) game store owners are putting out this terrain that in most cases including this case the owner 
has painted and they're using their own collection. Yeah. You're not just, you are not stealing from a store. You're stealing from a player. So seriously, fuck off and die. I don't want you part of our community. I don't think a lot of people want you to be part of this community. Yeah, well, I hope you got people to play with at home because clearly that's where you want to play with this terrain. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a shame that, you know, a store can give you a gaming space with blank tables um, and you can bring whatever you want to use if you just got to use boxes and that's what you use for as terrain and stuff. Um, but the fact that they're willing to supply you with terrain itself. Yeah. And that being said, Meeple Mart had some of the best terrain Mm-hmm. that I've played at. Yeah. Um, they had like ice fields and stuff like that. Yeah. Just interesting, good terrain. Uh, some of their tournaments yeah. had like great tables to play on. Yeah. Um, it's a real shame to see something like that happen. Yeah. It, it gives you that bad taste in your mouth knowing that like, oh, we we have a, in Toronto, we have a really good gaming community. Yeah. And just to know that someone or some people are like that within it. Uh, yeah. Yeah makes you question that. And I mean, this is not representative of the community. Like the, I our, hope not. our personal community, I don't feel like that. I feel, no, very, I feel very safe at games workshop, yeah. leaving my models on the table and leaving my bag under a table yeah. or something like that. I've never felt like I had to be worried about it. Um, but, and unfortunately with, with meeps closing down their gaming space, that means that whoever did steal this stuff is most likely part of the community is now going to go to another location. Yeah. Um, I'm a, that's me generalizing and assuming that the person that did steal went to Meeps on a regular basis. That's was their gaming store. Um, maybe they've been coming to GW or uh, Dueling Grounds now, Sword and Board. Uh, yeah. Maybe they always went there, and we just don't know who it is. But I, I would say if this person did steal, that's probably something that they'll continue to do wherever they go. Yeah. Uh, so I would. I don't know. Everyone give a. Keep your eyes open a bit more on yeah. your stuff. Don't leave it out. Well, they've got the pariah gene. Like, they have no soul. <laughs> exactly. That's who this person is. <laughs> uh, or people. Yeah. So, anyways, it's a real shame because Meeple Mart was the closest store to downtown with the gaming space. Mm-hmm. And now it's no not there. I mean, there's a few other stores that have gaming spaces, but for 40K, I mean, especially because it takes up so much space and you need to have a terrain collection. Like, that's a lot for a store to carry. Yeah. And, I mean, I get it. Like, the guy lost, like, his own collection. Like, yeah. stuff was stolen. So, mm-hmm. I don't blame the store for doing that or the owner. Yeah. So, but. good job, fucktard. Um, yeah. Speaking of stores, though, uh, I just mentioned Dueling Grounds has moved to Peterborough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but, a little further now, but, you know. <laughs> a little further, yeah. Um, but, good job for them and mm-hmm. wish them the best of luck. Yeah. Uh, but... Fortunately, um, a new store has opened up in its place. Uh, I don't play there too often, so I don't. I think it's run by people that used to work there. Uh, it's called, I haven't been there. It's yet, called so. the Sword and Board, yeah. and I know that they had a really good turnout for the opening day of Eighth Ed. Oh, good. Yeah, so they're back up and running. I believe their storefront is open. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, mm-hmm. but I think they're open and running. Yeah. So you still got that store to play at, guys. Yeah. Uh, also, a few uh, people from the community, I just realized I forgot to say it during the opening, <laughs> but uh, a couple of our buddies have started a podcast called The Drunken Dreadnoughts, mm-hmm. so they've just released their first episode, so check them out. Check them out. Those guys, yeah. amazing hobbyists, and uh, yeah. Josh Curtis, who is one of the co-hosts of it, won everything at uh, Astro. Astro, yeah, at Astro. Astronomical. He won like best overall, I believe. Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, they're 
I like I listened to the first episode. It's pretty funny. Yeah, like, they're hilarious. Yeah, so. they're funny guys, and they know what they're talking about. So yeah, they're check definitely that shit out. They definitely know what they're talking about when it comes to competitive 40k, and yeah. they all play Sigmar too. So mm-hmm. they can they make a much better comparison. Yeah, for that. So yeah, check them out. Drunken Dreadnoughts are on Facebook and SoundCloud. I think they're working on that. Yeah. Anyways, you can find them on Facebook. We'll yeah, link man. to them. And as always. Uh, Games Workshop Young and Lawrence. Yeah, it's our store. And uh, unfortunately, it's one of the few stores now that has a play space. Yeah. So. <laughs> but uh, excellent play space. At yeah. That. Yeah. F- nice terrain. Good number of tables. Mm-hmm. Good so. community there, too. Absolutely. All right. So my name's Ian. And I'm Jason. And we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom. <laughs> <laughs>